praise God. Luke 6.38 tells us to give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom. See, I love this scripture. And I love this scripture because it just, it shows God, I think. I really believe it just shows God for who he really is. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be given to us. And you know, it's used in church settings. This scripture is used a lot in relation to the giving of tithes and offerings. And because that's because it highlights the fact that if we give, God will give back. And that's what I love about it. God will give back. Once we give, God will give back. But he doesn't just give back. We give, and he doesn't just give back what we give. He gives back in abundance, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You see, God doesn't give us back what we give only. He gives us back what we give and more. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about the fact that when God gives us something, or when God does something for us, he doesn't do it in half measures. Did you know that God doesn't do things by half? There is no such thing as half measures with God. Half measures, things half done, that's just not God's language. It's just not his language. He, he doesn't know that language. We all know the age-old question. You know, you look at a glass with liquid in it and you ask a person, well, you think this glass is half full or this glass is half empty? The positive person will say, oh, I see that glass is half full. The negative person will say, oh, I see that glass is half empty. Well, you see, God doesn't do it that way. God doesn't, God doesn't say it's half full or it's half empty because with God, the glass is not half full and the glass is not half empty. The glass is full. With God, the glass is always full because God doesn't do things by half. God doesn't leave you looking at the glass and wondering where the rest of the liquid is. You know, if you go shopping with Enda, and I advise you, if you're looking for a decent salad bowl in a shop, in a supermarket, go shopping with Enda. If you go to Tesco or Don's or any of those supermarkets that have a salad bar, you go into the salad bar, you pick up your your little cart and your little tub, you know, there's a small size, there's a large size. So Enda will go in and he'll go to the salad bar and he'll pick up his tub, whichever size he wants that day, and he will start to fill his salad, his salad bowl from the salad bar. You know, maybe coleslaw, potato salad, beetroot, couscous, whatever is there, whatever takes his fancy on the day. And he'll start to spoon the stuff into his bowl. Now, as the bowl starts to get full, Enda will start to flatten down the bowl, the stuff in the bowl, he'll start to flatten it down and he'll give it a little, little scoot around to make more space and then he'll add in more. And I have often been shopping with Enda for a salad bowl and we have had issue closing the lid of the salad bowl because there is so much stuff in there. Enda believes I'm packing it in. And you will eventually get the lid closed, but sometimes when you get the lid closed, you have to be careful because the stuff starts to gush out by the side and it's hard to keep the lid closed. And when I read that scripture and when I see Enda do that thing, do that thing with the salad bowl, I'm always reminded of the scripture. Pressed down, shaken together and running over. That's how it is with God. When God gives to us, he gives in abundance. He presses it down. He shakes it together to make more, sp more space. And he puts more in until it actually overflows. God is the God of overflow. He doesn't do things by half. He does things by overflow. When God gives to his children, he gives in abundance. He always gives in abundance. If you're a believer today, 
then you're his child. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ today, you are his child, and he wants to bless you in abundance. He wants to bless you abundantly. You see, God gives in abundance. God's blessings are abundant. And if you look at the dictionary definition of the word abundant, it actually means present in great quantity, more than adequate, oversufficient, or well-supplied. That's what the meaning of the word abundant. So when God gives to us abundantly then, he gives in great quantity. He gives what's more than adequate. He gives in oversufficiency. And what he gives to us will be well supplied. Because you see, God doesn't do things by half, as I've just said. Why doesn't God do things by half? Why doesn't God do things by half? Because you see, he wants what's best for us. And half of something is not the best. Half of something is not the best. Half of something is not as good as having the whole of something. Think about it. Having half of something is not as good as having the whole of something. Half of a chocolate muffin is not as good as having a whole chocolate muffin. Amen? Half of a 10 euro is not as good as having a whole 10 euro. Half of a million euro is not as good as having a million euro. Now, it's not bad. It's not bad but it's still not as good. God doesn't do things by half. And you know, all we need to do is look around for proof of that. All we need to do is look around us and we have the proof. Look at creation. It's amazing. It's amazing. God created everything just the way we needed it to be. He created everything the way we needed it to be, and he gave us everything we need in his creation. Everything God created, we need in some way. And the, this universe is so vast that it's hard to fathom, but that's the way God is. Everything about God is vast because he doesn't do things by half. You see, God, when it came to the creation of heavens and earth, when God made the earth, he made sure it was ready. He made sure that the earth was complete, and then he created Adam. He didn't just put Adam here on a half-finished earth. He made sure before he created Adam that Adam had everything he needed. He made sure he had daytime to do things. He made sure he had nighttime to rest. He made sure he had plenty of food to eat. He made sure he had plenty to drink. And you know what? He wasn't finished there. Because when he looked at Adam then, he felt that Adam wasn't complete. He didn't want to leave Adam alone. It wasn't good, he knew, for Adam to be alone. So what did he do? He created a woman for him. He completed Adam. God does nothing by half. Genesis 1.31, that God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. God was content. When God saw everything that he'd made, he was content. He was content that he had done everything he needed to do. Indeed, indeed, indeed it was very good. It was done properly. It was very good. It wasn't just good, it was very good. God doesn't do things by half. And you know, we see, if you look throughout your word of God, you will see example after example after example of God doing things completely and doing nothing by half. We see that all through the word of God. Look at the children of Israel. If we catch up with the children of Israel in Exodus chapter 16, we'll see another example. Exodus chapter 16 and verse 12. I have heard the complaints of the children of Israel. So the children of Israel are mourning and complaining. And God says to Moses, speak to them, saying, at twilight you shall eat meat, 
and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. You shall be filled, filled, nothing done by half. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Verse 13. So it was that quails came up at evening and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay all around the camp. And when the layer of dew lifted there on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance as fine as frost on the ground. So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, This is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. You see, God made sure that the children of Israel had fresh meat and fresh bread every evening and every morning. Every evening the quails came, every morning the bread came. Quails came up every evening, the Bible says, and covered the camp. Covered the camp. There was plenty. There wasn't just a quail here and a quail there. They covered the camp. There was an abundance of quail every evening. And then in the morning, once the dew lifted all around the camp, there was fresh bread for them to eat every morning. Plenty of fresh bread to eat. You see, God didn't give the children of Israel some bread and say, here you go, that's it now, you know, spare it. No, he made sure there was fresh bread every morning for them. You know, God is not like home storing more when it's gone, it's gone. No, God made sure that they had more than enough, more than was adequate. He made sure that everything was well supplied. Fresh food every morning, fresh food every evening. God does nothing by half. You see, even if you go back a few verses in Exodus chapter 13, back to verse 21, and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so as to go by day and by night. You see, God gave them a pillar of cloud to lead them during the day and then he gave them a pillar of fire so that they'd have light at night. God does nothing by halves. This meant that if they wanted to, they could travel by day or by night. Or if they wanted to, they could travel both day and night. You see, our God thinks of everything. He covers all bases. You know, when we ask God for something, when we pray for something, God not only gives back in abundance, but he covers all bases. The little things that we may not even think we need, the little things that we may have forgotten about that we might need, God thinks of those things. And God supplies those things. God doesn't do things by half. The land of Canaan, the land of Canaan. He was leading the Israelites to the land of Canaan, to the promised land. And the promised land was full of, full. It was abundant. It was an abundant land. God was giving the children of Israel the land of Canaan, which was an abundant land. This was no ordinary land. This wasn't a land of lack. You know, it wasn't even a land of just enough. You know, it could have been a land of just enough to get by, but it wasn't even a land of just enough. This land shouted abundance. We see in Numbers chapter 13 and verse 23. Then they came to the valley of Eshcol, and there cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. They carried it between two of them on a pole. They also brought some of the pomegranates and figs. You see this? They cut down one cluster of grapes. One cluster of grapes but it took two of them to carry it. The grapes were so huge and so plentiful that it took two of them to carry the cluster. Verse 27, it tells us, Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. They were flabbergasted. It's like they were saying, Why does this, does this land flow with milk and honey? This is the business. 
Look at this fruit. You see, the land that God had promised them was abundant. It was an abundant land. This was the land that God wanted for the children of Israel. He wanted this land for the children of Israel because it was the best land. It was an abundant land. It was a land that God had fully prepared for them. You see, this land wasn't just half ready. This was ready. It was an abundant land. God led them to it with abundance. He provided for them in it with abundance. Because God doesn't do things by half. You know, one of my favorite ladies in the Bible is Hannah, and we meet Hannah in 1 Samuel. Now, Hannah, Hannah is married to a man called Elkanah, and unfortunately, Hannah is miserable. And the reason that Hannah is miserable when we meet her is because she's married to this man called Elkanah, and she hasn't had any children. And in those days, giving your husband children was everything. It was everything to these women. And Hannah was unable to do that. She was unable to have children. And then to add insult to injury, her husband had another wife. He had a second wife called Penaniah. And Penaniah had loads of children. She was having children one after the other. She had several children. And to add even more insult to injury, Penaniah taunted Hannah over the fact that she had children and Hannah didn't. That's mean, isn't it? It's a little bit mean. As you can imagine, this left Hannah distraught. Here she was, desperate to have a child, desperate to give her husband a child, and his other wife was having several children. She prayed, she went to God, she prayed, she asked God, she pleaded with God to give her a child. And she went to God and she prayed and she pleaded with God to give her a child and she made a deal with God. She promised God that if he gave her a child, if she had a child, she would give the child back to him. Long story short, God answered Hannah's prayer because that's what he does. Amen? That's what God does. It's his business to answer prayers. God answered Hannah's prayer and she became pregnant and she bore a son and they named him Samuel. As she had promised, when Samuel was old enough, Hannah took him to the temple and she gave him back to God. You see, Hannah asked God for a child. He answered her prayer and she had a child. God gave her what she asked for. But you see, Hannah served the God of abundance that we've been talking about. God ser Hannah served the God of abundance, and Hannah served the God of over-efficiency. Over-sufficiency. Hannah served the God of over-sufficiency, the God of over-adequate. God doesn't do things by half. Hannah had her baby. As she promised, she gave him back to God. But look what's happened. Look what happens in 1 Samuel chapter 2. In verse 21, and the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Hannah prayed for a child. God gave her a child because you see, God gives us the desires of our hearts, folks. That's what he does. He gives us the desires of our hearts and more. Hannah prayed for a child. God gave her a child. And what did he do then? He gave her more children. You see, Hannah prayed for a child, and she ends up having six children. She ends up having six children. She has five more children as well. She prayed for one child. She ended up having six children. God doesn't do things by half. Yeah, but you know, that's Old Testament. 
That's Old Testament. Yes, it is Old Testament. But I have news for you today. If you look at your New Testament, it's all through the New Testament too. God doesn't change. God doesn't change in that area in the old, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Look at Jesus' first miracle, for example. Jesus and his disciples are guests at the wedding. Guests at a wedding in Cana. The wedding, they run out of wine at the wedding. And that, that is an embarrassing thing for the host because in those days, weddings went on for days and days and days. And the host was expected to be able to supply wine for days and days and days. And it was embarrassing if they ran out of wine. And they did. And Jesus' mother, who was also a guest at the wedding because we reckon here that it was probably a family wedding, she comes to Jesus and she asks him for help. You see, she doesn't want the host to be embarrassed. She feels for the host, and she knows that Jesus can help. And she also knows that when she asks Jesus for help, that he will help. And she also knows that what Jesus will do will be more than adequate. You see, Mary knew that Jesus wouldn't just have help. She tells the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. And that's where we pick it up. John chapter 2 and verse 7. Jesus came to the servers and told them, fill the pots with water right up to the very brim. Right up to the very brim. You see, even here when it's just water, even here before Jesus does the miracle, he doesn't do anything by half. Right up to the very brim. Verse 8, then he said, now fill your pitchers and take them to the master of ceremonies. Verse 9, and when they poured out their pitcher for the master of ceremonies to sample, the water became wine. When he tasted the water that became wine, the master of ceremonies was impressed, although he didn't know where the wine had come from, but the servers knew. He called the bridegroom over and said to him, every host serves his best wine first until everyone has had a cup of two. Then he serves the wine of poor quality. But you, my friend, you've reserved the most exquisite wine until now. Jesus changed the water into wine. And not only did he change water into wine, but it's described as the most exquisite wine. You see, you have to understand here, Jesus could have changed that water into any old wine. He could have changed that water into any old wine. Then Mary's ask would have been, would have been granted. The wine wouldn't have run out. Nobody would have been embarrassed. Everybody would have had plenty. Nobody would have known. But you see, that's not what God does. God goes beyond. He goes that one step further. They knew, Jesus knew the situation here. At this stage, the guests were well into the celebrations. At this stage, the guests had already been drinking. So if they had have ended up with an inferior wine, they wouldn't have even noticed. But you see, that's not how God operates. God doesn't operate like that. Even though they wouldn't have even noticed, he still gave them the very best. He gave them the best. Mary asked him to help, and he helped. And he helped beyond expectation. He answered her request, and he answered it with excellence. Because God doesn't do things by half. Another time we know Jesus was teaching thousands of people in a deserted area. He's teaching and teaching, and it gets late, and the disciples get concerned, and they go to Jesus, and they want to send the people away to get something to eat. But Jesus tells them, no, you feed them. That's fine, but the problem is there's a lot of people and they only have a small amount of food. To be exact, they only have five loaves of bread and two fish. Not that much for the amount of people that they're. But you see, they had Jesus with them. 
We see it in Matthew chapter 14 and verse 18. He said, bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass and he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples and the disciples gave to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled. They all ate and were filled. Then they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. They all ate and were filled. Don't you just love that? 5,000 men plus women plus children all ate and were filled. Jesus was able to take the five loaves of bread and the two fish and 5,000 men plus women plus children all ate and were filled. And even on top of that, they had 12 baskets left over. That's abundance. That's abundance. That's more than adequate. That's a great quantity. That's oversufficient. God doesn't do things by half. All through the Old Testament, we see it. All through the New Testament, we see it. God always gives in full. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. You see, God loves us. That's why he does it. He loves us. It's like parents in the natural. We want to give our kids the best. We want to give our kids what they ask for and more. We want our kids to have what they ask for and more because we want our kids to have more than we ever had. We want to be good to our kids. Ephesians 3.20 tells us that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask think. God doesn't do things by half. When the world was lost, what did God do? He sent his son. He sent his very best to save us. You know, he didn't just line up the angels and go, mm, 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 you'll do. No, he sent his son, his very best, his only precious son. He sent his own son for you and for me. The creator of the universe, the creator of the universe cares so much for you and so much for me that he sent us his very own precious son. He sent his very own son to take on the world's sin and the world's shame. He sent his very own son so that the world could be healed of all sickness and all disease. All sickness, all disease were covered on the cross, not just half of them, not just half of them, all of them. He sent his own son to pave a way to heaven for us. You see, for us to live our lives here on earth and then just die, to God, that's just a half a job. And he wasn't happy with that. He didn't want us just to live here and die and then that be the end of it. God wanted to complete the job. He made it possible for us to live here on earth and live in abundance, being blessed abundantly by him. And then when we close our eyes for the final time here on earth, we open them with him in heaven. You see, that's a complete job. That's not half a job. That's a complete job. God doesn't do things by half. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above. Not a quarter of a gift, not a half of a gift, not an unfinished gift. Every good and perfect gift. You know, Enda said last week, and 
If you missed Ender's message last week, you need, to, you need to listen to it. It was really, really good. And he said that last week, and I love this, God invested Jesus in you. You've got to think about that for a moment. You've got to let that just sink in for a moment. God invested Jesus in you. The Almighty God, the creator of this vast universe, invested Jesus his very best in you. You see, we need to cast our cares on God. We need to go to God when we, when we have something that we're in need of. We need to pray. We need to ask God because he cares for us. He wants to help us. He's well able to help us. And he doesn't want to just help us by half. He wants to help us completely. He's an almighty God and he is well able. God is able to fix your issue and then some. God doesn't do things by half. God didn't do things by half for the people in the Old Testament. He didn't do things by half for the people in the New Testament. And he doesn't do things by half for you and for me. We need to trust him and give ourselves to him because he doesn't do things by half.